Hello, welcome to this series of Above the Shoulders, a special podcast series presented by Runners.com. Above the Shoulders explores the importance of mental health, looking at how mental health affects different individuals and the role exercise has in supporting our well-being. Today's episode is hosted by Rick Mirabella, and this week he's joined by Brad Sykes. Brad is a local VFL player in Melbourne, Australia, and former National Program and Facilitator Director of Outside the Locker Room. Brad also runs two sporting businesses centred around mental health and the benefits of sports, Game Changers, and his kids' program, Psyched for Sport. This program does deal with topics that may cause some listeners to feel distressed. For Australian listeners, immediate support is available from Lifeline at 13 11 14, or you can access support from Beyond Blue or Headspace, and those details are in the show description. For those overseas, please seek support from your local area. And now, let's begin. Welcome to Runners Radio. I am your host, Rick Mirabella, and we continue our Above the Shoulders series, just dealing with opening up the dialogue around mental health and really breaking down stigmas and hopefully um, changing lives. And I think the last two or three episodes have been so, so powerful, and the feedback has been amazing. So thank you so much for that. And um, look, it's not, there's probably thousands of people that have heard those shows with uh, Strigo and Harry Summers that um, uh, haven't reached out and that's more than fine as long as you've listened to that and understood that you aren't alone and there's lots of people there to help you and that's the number one thing we need to take away from this as always in the show notes Beyond Blue it's okay not to be okay and lifeline numbers are there so give them a buzz and there's always some beautiful human being on the other end today we've got um, an old friend of mine um, a local to our Bayside area where our Melbourne Runners HQ is. He's quite well known in this Bayside part of town for his football exploits, but more importantly in the last five or six years for the way he goes about helping just every individual that comes into his path. He, um, he's always been a giver. Uh, I've known him for oh, close to a decade now and he's always been a giving person. Um, but what he's done the last five or six years, I've loved to watch from afar both of a couple of companies, um, one in the very near future that's going to be an absolute game changer. But I'm going to introduce to you now, ladies and gentlemen, Bradley Sykes. Thanks, Rick. Um, what an intro. <laughs> uh, yeah. Much appreciated, mate. I'm all in the back of my head. Yeah, all in the back of my head, mate. Yeah, no, <laughs> thanks so much, mate. I, look, these these interviews aren't easy because, guys, we're pretty we're pretty authentic while we're sitting in um, Shell and Juz's meditation room just talking over at coffee and Sykes has got a tea because in detox at the moment, but um, we're just talking. So I don't do anything over. I like the authenticity of actually looking at the person in the eye uh, and talking about these topics, especially. But all all our podcasts are done like this, and there's nothing more important than this above the shoulders series. So Sykes he's done a lot. Um, he facilitates a lot of programs at local sporting clubs, which. If you had said 10 years ago in, in Australia, I'm sure anywhere around the world, it just would not have been even heard of. So the lives um, this man in front of me would have saved and touched just from doing what he does on a daily basis is is extraordinary. But I want him to explain in his own words why he does it, how it came about. Um, I can interchime in there some parts. But firstly, big fella, take us back to the beginning, a young life, a psyche growing up and uh, your sporting pursuits and just how you really found... Uh, the want and the desire to do what you do and help so many people. 
Thanks, Rick. Um, I suppose for me, growing up in Chelsea Heights, which is where HQ is for for runners, um, it was just a, a fantastic upbringing, I suppose, and sport played a massive part in my life. Um, so I was very happy with uh, with ha- what that provided me um, in terms of mates, uh, in terms of all the the different aspects that that sport bring. Um, effectively realised that there's a lot of life skills that, that you can get through sport and um, the connection and sense of belonging and um, yeah, mateship, like I said, um, is something that was always a big part of, of uh, my upbringing and um, my dad and mum really pushed pushed sport uh, in terms of yeah the, the skills you gather from it and their involvement at committee and president and coach level uh, really entrenched my, my want and desire to to be in that field moving forward. So the sport, like for so many of us and so many of these guests we've had on here, a big part of your upbringing. And um, I, let's not get confused. Like Sykes is a very good footballer, but you don't have to be um, the most talented bloke on the team to for sport to have a big impact. And I think that's what we really want to create as well. Like um, you can't change your DNA, but sport does change you as a person for the better. So the 40, 45 teammates each season, let alone the last 10, 15, 20 years, the president, the social secretary, the bootstutter. You got there's there's friends all over the joint that you can make through we're talking Australian rules, but any sport definitely teaches your life lessons, which you, you'll go into later. But it does you think about your life about sport and it's like, well, Jesus. And I guess if you're listening to this and you've never played any team sport, it's never too late. Like join a club, join a community. Um, like obviously runners in here, but there's, there's lots of places we speak about it often, that connectivity, and Sykes has said it in the first two minutes, that connectivity and that human um, impact of sport. He has, notice he hasn't spoken about rep footy or anything, but he played a lot of rep footy and all those things. It's about the human nature of it. So tell me then, mate, moving forward. So you played a lot of good football. Um, you, you can talk about yourself a bit, mate. Let, let, give the listeners a bit of a – because you did play some good footy. So talk about your footy and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, no dramas. Um, yeah, so played – all my juniors down at uh, Chelsea YCW, which is now Bomb Beach YCW, and um, yeah, loved playing in the interleague program there to test myself um, against and with some of the better players in the in the league. And um, lucky enough to play some senior footy uh, as a year twelve at, at um, Bomb Beach with, under DC, the the Hawthorne uh, development coach, I believe, or he's the boss of Alistair Clarkson, as um, he wouldn't admit, but I think that's his role. <laughs> um, he's doing a bloody good job. Um, so lucky enough to to get a, a taste of senior footy at Bomb Beach and um, and then the next year um, as an 18-year-old, able to luckily make make the list at Casey Scorpions for a couple of years um, and then a few shoulder issues that then uh, progressed um, after a year back at Bomb Beach. Uh, went back to Frankston for four years and met the wonderful Rick Mirabella and... Uh, and hated him during the pre-season, but um, remember a lot of his sayings, money in the bank and and uh, the mateship and camaraderie that uh, us Dolphin boys got through through um, the programs there was, was amazing and still still catch up with a lot of the Dolphin boys um, to this day, even though it's been four years since I've pulled on a Dolphin jumper. So, yeah. yeah that, he surmised it well. He's, he's still playing at Bomb Beach, but yeah, look, he's played a lot of good rep footy and and, um, and not easy to make teams like that, interleague and the like. So very good footballer, but always that, that kind of stuff comes secondary to what he's done in, in life and and what he's done for other human beings. That Dolphin era, 
was a very good era of, of, of good people. Um, um, and when you got a, a VFL club, um, the second best league in the country um, for the listeners out of Victoria and Australia, um, it, it's a, you got 44 finely tuned athletes that have been usually one of the best in their clubs um, moving forward the, the last decade until they get to that point. So to have such a great bunch of people with not an ego amongst them, it, it just it's a very special group of boys. And definitely we um, still to this day put in some of the hardest work, and we had to because we're playing against our professional athletes every Saturday. So we Sykesy was doing his day job and then having to work um, – whatever 50 60 hours a week and then having to play against uh athletes on a saturday and sunday that don't work and are on 300 400 500 grand a year so um it's a real tough balancing act so the vfl boys stayed humble and stayed tough and definitely that group i still know many of them very well they've they've carried that right through in their life and they're all doing really good things and sykes is definitely um, one of them that springs to mind straight away where was the moment um, I, I said earlier that you're a giver, whether you said, no, I, I really want to have a big, make a big impact on this world and I don't want to just settle and I don't want to just float through life, and Neanderthal life. When was that moment, do you reckon? Um, for me, Rick, it was about 2012, 2013. So I'm, I'm just turned 29. Uh, so when I was 22, 23, I um, made a conscious decision to to uh, yeah, try and live my best life and, and be able to provide the best life for others that I care about as well. Um, I don't know, I don't know. There was not one particular moment, but I was um, thinking a bit earlier, and, and it's only a couple of kilometres away from here. But I was working at Dan Murphy's part time, and um, not that there's anything wrong um, working in a bottle. Um, I did for a couple of years and um, tasted a lot of new beers, and you know, <laughs> so that was that was a real positive, but. It, it was a real wake-up call for me um, doing that sort of 8 a.m. shift and the store opens at 9 a.m. And, and then there's people lining up to, to get their their cask wine and, and that sort of stuff and um, and just seeing that, that that was their escapism, that was the way that, that life, you know, they've got this great opportunity They've um, but deciding to, to live within their comfort zone of, of alcohol or drugs or whatever, whatever their um, vice was. So... It just sort of hit me, and and my mum um, as well through sort of my upper teen years. Um, that that was her her vice, and I saw a lot of these strangers um, in mum, and I thought, no, nah, like I don't want to. Not that I'm Mr. Dare Murphy, and I'm I'm going to stop alcoholism, but I didn't want to be serving these people in the morning, and, and knowing that they could, um, if given the right support and the right. You know, environment and uh, and all that jazz. I, I thought, why don't I start to be preventative and proactive in in everything I do, um, and and try to help others. And yeah, that's that's come in multiple shapes and forms. And started off uh, starting a, a small um, business with working with primary school age kids on, um, like I touched on before, the life skills you get through sport with Psych for Sport with one of my best mates, Foxy. Um, and yeah, from there it's grown more into the mental health space as that's become, unfortunately, a real epidemic. Yeah, well, the, the epidemic, well, I guess it's, we don't know, do we, how long people, this, this could have been an issue, it definitely would have been an issue in the 80s and, and the 90s. Um, it's hard to go back generations in the 50s, 60s, I think at very different times, but certainly in the 80s and 90s it would have been prevalent, but it's definitely come to the floor, uh, the forefront, sorry, in the last decade. and. I tell you what, one of your good 
um, associates and friends uh, is a big reason for that. People like Jake Edwards um, bringing mental health, drug addiction, suicide and alcoholism into the mainstream media. Um, so Jake Edwards, I'll let you talk about him, but he was obviously an ex-AFL footballer, um, came and went without much uh, media as a player and then a couple of years later was on um, 60 Minutes and the like, just uh, uh, journaling his journey. And obviously then you hooked up with him in what became Outside the Locker Room. But I'll let you take the listeners through that because this is extremely powerful stuff. Yeah, Outside the Locker Room, very um, very proud of, of where that's at now and um, and of Jake who, who founded it back in 2015. It's been... been uh, yeah, like like you said, he, he I think he played five AFL games. Um, had a had a big um, bloodline in in footy. Shane O'Brien's his cousin. His his dad's Alan Butch Edwards, and um, and there was a lot of pressure and anxiety that that went with that. But he um, the way he learnt uh, learnt from his mistakes, and and I'm not putting words in his mouth. He's um, he's quite open about that, and uh, knows that. Uh, sometimes at sporting clubs we can uh, not understand what people might might be going through, and everyone's Mount Everest is a little bit different. And what uh, what the outside the locker room program has been able to provide is that that conversation, that education, that follow up support, which is key in um, in our local sporting clubs across Australia, and um, doing some great things. And I was yeah, lucky enough to to link in with Jake after he presented at the Bomb Beach Sharks in uh, 2016, and. Um, never looked back. Um, just recently, actually, as I said to Rick earlier, um, I did leave at the end of August just to pursue some other things, but um, very happy with where OTLR is at and uh, where it's going to head. We'll talk about those other things in a minute. Um, off the top of my head, so that's, that's over three years with, with uh, outside the locker room. Um, tell us about, you would have been listening to Jake's story and you, you give us a, about 30 seconds of that as well. And then you would have been a young fella going, this is my this is what I should be doing. I need to be doing this. Like that that whole feeling that you've had in, in your gut probably your whole life, really, but the you talk about Dan Murphy's and those kind of moments, and you you know sporting clubs, not just male, female as well, but male prevalence, especially with footy clubs in Victoria, a huge, huge issue with mental health, suicide, drug addiction, um, and you're going, well, this is, I need to be doing what Jake's doing. So quickly give us a bit of a in-depth Jake Edwards story and then, what was going on in your head, and then how do we? How did you? What was your first day on the job for him? Give us that. Give us that bit of a talk. Yeah. Uh, so Jake's story, um, which he shared the boys, and the real reason I got involved is because is the connection he could have with the under nineteen boys who um, lost a close mate to suicide two years before that, um, and uh, who's one of my family friends too. And so Jake sort of talked us through. Um, I suppose his his uh, life in, in terms of his story, um, the the points where he he was struggling and he didn't seek help, and um, so the male ego attached to popping an antidepressant and, and all that jazz, and he um, effectively yeah went into um, a place where he didn't didn't want to live anymore and um, attempted his own life um, in his bathroom, and that was a bit of a, a turning point um, and. And a real, obviously, um, rock bottom moment. Moment, and he has, has found like the the resilience he's he's shown and his leadership since that day, um, or, or since I've met him a, a year or two after that day, uh, has been unbelievable. And um, and I I can only imagine um, the the suicides I've heard about 
um, how many people would have regret. Uh, yeah, it, it just it's yeah obviously hard to talk about. I also find it uncomfortable talking about Jake's story because it's his, but um, but it left a massive impression on on Bomb Beach and and all the clubs that he's spoken at to be be three figures quite comfortably. Um, he yeah, it's it's real, it's raw, it's authentic, but. But why why I believe in a program like OTLR is because it's it is that it's it's real stories it's um, it's a a guy um, who's in, in his twenties it's it's someone who uh, you know every boy's dream who's who's any decent at sport wants to play AFL and and he did that but still had depression and so it's it's bigger than bigger than your circumstances it's um it's it's something deep within and we need to uh, keep talking about it in order to to. Yeah, understand it. Keep talking about it is right, um, and keep working on it. I think is something that we forget um, because it doesn't discriminate. He could be flying in life, like you talk about Jake playing a few AFL games. It doesn't discriminate. People could be flying in business, flying in life. Exteriorly, it looks unbelievable, and then uh, they could be in the deepest blackest hole um, that anyone could ever imagine. So. The fact is, if you hear someone like Sykesy talk to a group of 60 or 70 individuals, yes, it will touch each of those 70 in different ways, and I'll get you to go into what you actually do in an average set, and we'll talk about the next venture in a minute. But um, it's not just as good as hearing what Sykesy does. You need to go home and you need to, well, whatever you need to do, if it's if it's seek the right help, if it's just to write some stuff down, and you, you're better versed than this at me, mate, but... It's got to be a continuity of work. It's just like training. It's just like brushing your teeth. It just has to be hardwired, and only then will you get the true, the true. Um, I guess, I guess the openness and the, the room to breathe that you that we all deserve. Because um, you're never alone in this in this journey. But you can never, it never. I think people think that they do a little bit and that's enough. But unfortunately, you got to go all in on this kind of stuff. But take us through a, a basic session of outside the locker room, mate. Like when yeah. you were when you were facilitating and you were. Yeah. The, one of the one of the big guys down there. No dramas, mate. Yeah, um, no, you spot on with that. Just just before I go on to the the session, it's um, it's like anything in life. Um, the the habits you form and and what you do regularly is is who you become. Um, so it's mind mindset as well as your physical um strength. It it, it takes work. Um, you Rick, you'll be able to bench press more than me. Um, but that's because you've worked at it more. Um, doesn't mean that. Um, you're any any more worthy. It's just just people who are who have have those trained those muscles, and, and your brain is so important. Um, but in in an OTLR session, um, it's usually sixty minutes, and we we uh, yeah get the boys and girls um, after training from their footy and netball, and um, and just sort of situate them in in their their club rooms. And education sessions vary from mental health um, in terms of helping others, mental health in terms of helping yourself. Um, gambling, drugs, alcohol, uh, social media, cyberbullying is a massive one, um, in our, especially in our junior clubs that we work, worked with, um, and and even our community and, and uh, domestic violence. So there's a, there's a, a variety of, um, of topics, but essentially the aim is to in- interact the and have those conversations within the room and facilitate them within themselves um, and, and share what they know before the uh, the psychologist comes up on the screen and uh, I think that's 
we don't want to just sort of say these are the stats, this is what's happening, and and then in in one ear out the other a little bit. As, as daunting as those stats are, we want that engagement and that buy-in from the from the small group work that that OTLR does, and uh, it's it's definitely something that um that that, that works. Uh, we've got got a, a lot of um surveys and, and understanding of of uh, what's actually gone in and how much people have learnt and taken away from the session. So it's uh yeah that that's a typical session. The the buy-in from the players is the key though, because um, if the if you're passively in it, you're not really going to engage. Um, need to sort of uh, cater for all learners, whether it's visual, auditory, or, or kinesthetic. We we try to yeah, apply that with everything that we do. That's well, that's great to hear because often yeah you don't. I was going to ask you that next question is how did you go, especially initially fifteen and sixteen, or for you sixteen, how. How was the initial, like, the first, say the first club you ever did, um, the buy-in, I was going to ask the buy-in, have you got 70 individuals sitting in front of you, especially that three or four years ago, it's a long time in some of these people's lives, maybe, maybe they weren't ready to buy in, maybe they thought they didn't need to buy in, how was all that at the start, or you found it was pretty, the, the way you guys went about it was pretty... Yeah, I think each facilitator would have their own own um, recollection of, of how they went, but... It was always pretty good uptake just because of the personal story that, that the facilitator would bring. Um, and under, and unfortunately, everyone in that room would have someone close to them that they would they would have lost, unfortunately. There, there'd be someone or, or they know of someone, their, their sister might have lost one of her friends. or So it, it's it's real and, and yeah, um, most... Or, 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 haven't had one sort of smart ass in, in my group. If there's a one, one or two comments, they're they're probably the guy or girl you you need to have that chat mm. with afterwards because um, they're deflecting or, or whatever. So, uh, however, there, there was always good engagement from from within sort of my sessions, I suppose, just because it's yeah, it's real and um, and then you sort of pick pick the leaders at the club. So if you can engage the leaders, everyone else follows. I dare say in, in that kind of environment, if you didn't know the leaders, you would know pretty quickly. If you didn't know that the titles, for example, or the leadership group, I'm, I'm hoping in yeah. any club worth at salt that the um, the leaders would be quite prevalent in that kind of conversation. Um, yeah. Because if they're not, then yeah, they've obviously got a bit of work to do as well, which is we, we, we want. If we're not ready, we need to be ready to talk. And um, it's the thing Sykesy talks about in... We've had to the logger rooms, and this new venture we're about to discuss is um, it's not it's not that easy. Like it's not not easy conversations, but sitting here, like, I'm not even talking about myself right now. But it's not that easy to talk about. So these kids have to learn to talk about. It. And we always talk about as coaches and football people, leaving a club in a much better spot than what you found it from, from a cultural sense. More importantly, that's not just wins and losses. Um, with Sykes's group. Um, and I'm allowed to say game changer is it called game changer with the new game changer and these kind of these kind of companies which we'll talk a bit about um, this would be this would be number one if I if I got a job tomorrow at a local football club um, I'd obviously you'd look at your assistants you'd look at the condition and all that but but ahead and top of the list is just to get an organization like game changer or outside the locker rooms or salt and all these kind of these kind of clubs, you can talk to me about a couple of those joints, mate. But um, they they set the tone for the whole base of the club, and everything that comes out of these kind of facilitations, it just it ripples effects throughout. I've got no doubt the ripple effects are, are far and wide. And 
you wouldn't even people would never know why but they know that the benefits derived from um, um, and how often would you be employed to a club look if i say say i took the job at eds and i said all right so i want to i want to get you down look t- give me take me through what game changer is initially first please and then what you're going to be doing the next 12 months or different football clubs yeah awesome mate um the game changers are not for profit um suicide prevention initiative so effectively um it it'll uh, provide financial support i suppose for uh mental health initiatives for the club so uh, a big roadblock for i think the the presidents and the secretaries at every club are understanding that it's such an important uh, thing to talk about and to to be involved with um at their sporting club but um, then there's always a, a financial hurdle because you've got to, got to pay for the program that, that might be Im- implemented, whereas Game Changer is a service, um, uh, provides a, an option for the services around the, the uh, communities that we're in. So in 2020, um, we'll be in six different leagues. So um, the MPCA, Cricket Southern Bayside, um, also the Seeker Cricket Association there, um, as well as the MPNFL, the Southern Footy League, and the Outer East, so um, they're, they're the the catchments that that our game changer will be able to service over over the the next twelve months, and obviously it'll always be growing. Um, where we we um, attract the the sponsors to um, to get some awareness pieces out there, um, and they can put uh, obviously their funds towards um, suicide prevention initiatives at at the tailor made for the club. So. Yeah, there's no financial hurdle for the club because they're they're all volunteers working on the canteen, working on the gate, and uh, that um, unfortunately and unfortunately goes to to the players to to, uh, to attract the big name players. So uh, we need to make sure that we've got a another plan in place where the uh, welfare and the culture of the club doesn't fall by the wayside, um, and that's where Game Changer comes in and uh, and and allows other service providers to show their wares and OTLR salt. Um, Sports Chaplaincy Australia, these sorts of uh, well-respected uh, service providers will be part of that massively. Yeah, so take us just go dive deeper into that kind of thing. So say I'm a local football club um, in, in Mornington Peninsula Footy League. I contact you. Um, it's your it's your startup. And where do I go from there Yeah, I contact you? Yeah, so uh, it'll be all on our website, which is gamechanger.org.au. Uh, and, yeah, just follow the... The, uh, the links there, um, fill out a bit of a club survey, un- understand um, yeah, where, where the club might be at, uh, and then, then we can go from there effectively. So, uh, yeah, this is literally launching next week as we re- release this, so um, when, when we're actually physically talking today. So uh, it's still um, still not out, out there yet, but by the time, um, by the time yeah, we are, we're on air, it'll, uh, it'll be out there and definitely encourage any club presidents or secretaries or, or your leaders at your club to uh, to engage us. That's great, mate. And look, it is. It is not. It's just one of those things with sporting clubs because it, unfortunately too much is left to too few. And um, if, if you're listening from the States and Europe, I've got no doubt you're the same. Um, unless you're a professional club, too much is left to too few. Um, yes, there's big money in the MPNFL, our local football club, uh, league, sorry, this this in this day and age, but there's a lot of people doing it a lot for nothing. And um, it's one of those things that could easily fall by the wayside if uh, if we, this, this is why Game Changer um, is going to be so great because it enables everyone to get into the right contacts and get in contact with the right people that they might need for their club, whether it's a genuine 
um, gambling, gambling issue, or, or it could just be a, a basic. Uh, they've had a lot of mental health issues, and but let's be honest, everyone is going to be needing this. Like every group of individuals is going to be needing something like this. So, I guess for a more generic top of you, mate, give me a few of your um, your, your big two or three tips for I guess the listener out there who isn't involved in sport, but there's two or three tips that might be. Just because one of the quotes off air you said to me that I absolutely loved was, um, I said, mate, hey, Sykesy, because we talk about rock bottom and this kind of stuff, which um, we've all probably hit over the journey and we might have had five or six rock bottoms. Um, but Sykesy said, uh, more, more, and I love this, uh, I'm just more really, like, really afraid of mediocrity. And dive into that a bit about yourself and then I guess the average listener out there who might just might just run. He might just run for fitness or maybe does a, a few events every now and then and might not have the support network that a sporting club can can give them. Give them a couple of tips along the way just to really point them in the right direction as to where to make that initial change. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I did say that. And upon reflection, I'm really scared of mediocrity. I, it seems to be like a lot of ego attached to that and, and that's, um, that's where... All, all, especially males, um, or, or the whole human race, need to get a little bit better on, on ego and, and how how we um, shift our perception on on ourselves and what others think of us. But I, I don't. I, I, I suppose from my perspective, I, I want to be as good as I can be, so other people around me become better as well. Uh, I think that's my driving force. So my rock bottom was was living a, a life that's not fulfilled and um, and. I've seen um, family members, I've seen friends, um, you know, continue on on their their path of destruction, and it's it's uh, something that I, I don't want anyone that I care about to, to go through, and especially myself, because um, if I'm if I'm not uh, living my best life, then the people around us will, will have to be you know looking after me. So, um, some tips around. Living a, a healthier life, I think, um, runners is, is fantastic. It's uh, you already got your that's a meditation in itself. Um, exercise, running, um, weights, whatever, whatever you do, um, exercise is key. Uh, for me personally, in the morning, every morning, I have a little bit of a mantra, um, and it's come from one of my mentors. Um, it's stand up to the plate. Um, I'm not a baseballer, um, but uh, it's it, it makes perfect sense. It because um, I've had my vices, I, I sometimes overdrink. Um, I have had gambling issues in the past. Um, I haven't g- gone into drugs because I've got an addictive personality, and, and I know that would destroy me. So, I, um, I when, when I do feel myself erring on on the uh, the edge, I, I just sort of, especially in the morning, first thing in, stand up to the plate, and then that that makes that just gives me a yep there. Yeah, no, what what would the the twelve year old that I mentor think if I was to do this? If I, what would my grandma think? And, and it's just sort of for me, who I really value what other people uh, think about me. It, it really puts me on the straight and narrow, um, and a bit of gratitude as well in the morning uh, and, and at night. It, it's funny what happens in your life when you start to to see what you've already got. Um, and and, and you, I'm a big believer in asking the universe for it. I'm not very spiritual, but it's it's something that like I think about something and then it then it appears like it, it's <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, um, but but I, I know there's been uh, 
much bigger um, personalities and, and well-known people than myself uh, believe in that and, and I can see why because and the adverse effect of that too if you're, you're thinking poor me um, and you're having that negative mindset it's uh, it attracts more of that because what you what you look for you'll you'll always find um, so if you're looking for positive positivity and, and some good things to happen they always or in a roundabout way always occur so yeah that's so good, Soccer. Um, yeah, well, we've touched on so much, but we, like, if, if you've never heard any of our shows, we talk about that so often um, in all our videos. And intention, um, obviously, my wife is big on that, so you would have heard a bit about that from Shell and Foxy Feelgood. The intention and that kind of stuff uh, is just so crucial. What you're saying, you're not spiritual, but clearly you've got something. You, what you said was spot on. If you can't see what you want to be, then there's no point. But you're not going to ever get there. Um, and on our last episode, listeners, Harry Summers said exactly the same thing. The best coach in the world for distance running, Renata Canova, has got him over to Kenya. But he said, you're not allowed to come until you can see yourself running 205, which is three minutes quicker than the Australian record. But he will. And he said, I can see myself. I can see myself, Renata. And that's, I'm using that as a, that's a bit more superficial. But day-to-day stuff and the day-to-day intentions, 100%. And the gratitude is just, is the key. And if, if we're, even if we're, if we sit down, if we're having a, the worst day ever, if we sit down and spend five minutes in, in our own gratitude and just be grateful for anything, it could be anything. And it just makes the rest of the world and day so much better. Um, a couple of things you did really well you certainly don't take the path of least resistance. Like you you could have. Um, you could have really easy, but you could have said, oh, I'm going along right here. I'll just do my own footy stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll do a bit of uh, junior footy stuff and, and I'll make myself like, look like a good person. I'll look good. But you definitely don't do that. You, you've definitely – you've took you go all in on this, which is a big credit to you. But I think if anyone can take anything out of what you just said, the mantras and, and the stuff in the morning is great. But it's more it's more to the point where, you, of course, you got vices. And, of course, you – it's never linear, ever. So that's what we spoke about earlier. We've been consistent with that kind of stuff. Um, and with your vices, they're going to come up often. Uh, tell me about tell me about the way you, um, if you're having a, the, like a, an afternoon and you're just really not in a good spot, how do you get through that kind of stuff? Similar type stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think in there have been like recently just um, just high stress levels, obviously trying to fit, fit as much into every day as possible and, um, when you ask a lot of yourself, you, you sometimes get a little bit flustered and overawed. Um, but a, a technique that's um, been around probably since the, the dawn of time, but uh, just some box breathing, um, just to really centre myself. Um, and going from maybe coaching eight-year-olds to facilitating for 30-year-olds um, brings a different um, different uh, energy that you, you have to bring and different uh, persona. So it's, it's all about just... just uh, yeah, being present and uh, having breathing for me sometimes just in the car, just while I'm driving, um, you know, on autopilot a little bit and just just sort of thinking. And also, what once you get the the box breathing down pat, which is you know for me three seconds in, three seconds hold, three seconds exhale, and three seconds hold again. Um, picture the boxes I breathe, but then also once I've got that down pat, think think of what I'm grateful for and. Uh, if I'm stressed about this, you know, how lucky am I sort of thing and, and just sort of really um, get a bit of a understanding that uh, 
or all our problems, luckily in Australia, are first world problems. Um, unless, unless we're um, we are struggling um, with with shelter and, and and the basic human needs in Australia, which um, you know, we, we're um, doing our best to to help with that. But for most of the people I associate with, and my associations with, with things, they're all first world issues. So it's we really need to sort of laugh at ourselves a little bit when we're stressed and think, okay, no, it's okay, I've got this. That's a great, it's great advice for general stress. And listeners, of course, if if um, when we're in the black hole of uh, general anxiety, um, deep depression, OCD and these kinds of things, we understand that it's not, uh, mm. certainly not first world. So th- that's when Sykes, he, he sees these players and these individuals and even these teenagers and these kids and you would then point them in the right direction and, and look, if gratitude and deep breathing and meditation and uh, books and we was talking about neurophys- um, neuroplasticity with Joe Dispenza and those kind of guys, if all that isn't working, then of course you've got to see the right, seek the right help. And, and we spoke about, um, with uh, Glenn Mickey, we spoke about seeing the rights, just knocking down doors. He saw six psychologists, six. It took him to his sixth one to see the right person for him. So if um, if all these tips and then you go to one doctor and he's not right, you go to another doctor and she's not right, you don't just say, well, this is woe is me for the rest of my life. Back on what Sykes was saying earlier, um, if that is, if, if your addiction or mental illness is all you is on your mind, it will take you over you very quickly. Same thing, if you haven't got a dolly in your name and you've got no skills, quote unquote skills that can earn any money and you're just saying woe is me you're never going to get anywhere so you could be on the the bare bum of your pants but if you can visualize and see where you want to be things start to happen and it sounds wanky and all that but it really does and chemicals change in the brain mate like it's proven yeah like if, if we are thinking about where we want to be in three years five years things change and then little micro changes occur and then all of a sudden we might start to pick up some positivity and, and people see that as well. Absolutely. Uh, people say, oh, it's not what people think or see, it's about what we feel inside of us. But so, so this is the kind of, like, I can't imagine how diverse psycho has to be every day. Um, just, just on that as well, Rick, I think um, that you make a very good point. Like as as humans, we uh, we rely on, on others uh, to succeed and flourish. Like We can't do it all on our own and, and some of these techniques I've talked about are are if you you buy yourself, but of my own mantra that um, I try to say at all the sporting clubs is because it's a team um, area. Well being is a team sport as well. Uh, you've you've got to uh, utilise others um, like you would on a on a sporting field. Um, you've got to utilise others to to help yourself as well. Um, so bra- more brains are better than one and. Uh, and yeah, for me personally, seeing a psychologist when I was younger, didn't get along with them for two years. I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't work. But diff- connection and rapport is built differently. Just because a doctor, you might not get along with one doctor, doesn't mean you you put a line through through all doctors. You don't do that with with chefs. You don't do that with um, with physios or, or other other people. So you you, you have to um, have to keep going, keep trying, and 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 keep building those resilient traits because yeah, there's more. The profession isn't isn't the um, the reason why why you're not uh, feeling better. You just got to keep keep persisting and, and finding some other other avenues to uh, to succeed. And there's um, other avenues, obviously, to um, 
to find people to seek that support. You, you don't have to just keep relying on on uh, that that one person um, or one prof- profession uh, professional. Sorry, uh, that if it's not working, you may as well just keep uh, yeah keep keep looking. Couldn't agree more, mate. And the thing the thing about it is, um, and look, I'm I'm not. I haven't perfected this by any stretch, but we callous ourselves in training. We, we, we know that repetition works. Like, um, if it's just that simple, and it's hard to remember sometimes. But if if I'm going to become a two-hour thirty-minute marathoner, I've just got to do the work. I've just got to do the reps. I've just got to do the miles. I've just got to do the fart legs that I need to be doing. Otherwise, I'm not going to be running two hours thirty. If I want to become the best academic in the world well i'm gonna be doing my research i'm gonna be i'm gonna be sitting on my laptop till midnight if i'm gonna become the best version of myself then i'm gonna write post-it notes or write something that's gonna make me better it could be a a whole wide ranging of things it could be meditation it could be reading we talk about it often what are we going to do today that's going to make us much better tomorrow and for often for people it might be psychology it might be psychiatry there is no harm in in going down a medical path if it takes the edge off. I've got lots of professional athletes that are on like, different forms of anti-anxiety. Like, why would If that allows them to be the best version of themselves, why would you not do that? So I think the thing is, the biggest thing I wanted to get out today again was if you have seen one or two people over the last 20 years and you're still in a spot that you don't want to be or you're still not the person you want to be or you're floating through stuff, like Sykes, he said, I love that call. His mediocrity call had nothing to do with his own, I want to be the best. It was just, he wanted to have purpose. And if, if that's what we wake up every day and want to have purpose, then I think that's just, that's why I loved it so much. Apart from the fact I know him, it's coming from such a good spot. We all want to have purpose. But um, Sykes, he, he's doing it. Hey, you don't have to go and touch 10,000 people's lives like, like Brad already has, but you definitely can have purpose each day. And whether that we spoke about, I think on episode one of this series, of just if, if you if you might only know five people, you go well. I've got no friends. I've got no. You go down the street, you smile at ten people. You buy a coffee. You walk back. The next day you do it again. The next day you do it again. The chemical neurotransmitters in your brain are changing. You do that five weeks in a row. I reckon you've got another five friends. Okay, so that's repetition at its very simplest form. Um, so you're never ever alone, and the world's a pretty good place. And we do see a lot of negative shit out there, but the world is a pretty good place, full of some really good people. You just got to really let yourself see them. We spoke about intentions earlier. Open yourself up to see them. Um, if you've been the same way for 20 years and you're not, you just can't see the good in the world. Allow yourself to see it, and I promise you'll see. I'm not trying to preach, but it will happen. Sykes said so much good stuff there. Moving forward, big fella, for you, I guess the future for you. And, um, and where you want to take your businesses, your non-for-profit businesses, yourself, uh, your beautiful partner, fiancé. Fiancé, Congratulations. Yes. Yes, thank Congratulations. you, Congratulations. <laughs> um, and this kind of stuff, what's the future hold for yourself individually, um, I guess family life and, and in, in this kind of field? Because I feel you'll be in this field for forever now. Yeah. Uh, oh, gee, it's um, – I always sort of look, look one or two weeks in advance. Um, but a bit of a – and I, yeah, like the work I've been doing is is um, so addictive. That's I suppose everyone's in in a way has has an addiction, and, and uh, I suppose in, in this field it's it's so rewarding. Um, it's it's taxing at times, as you can imagine. But 
it it uh, it feeds and, and seeing the people's growth and, and understanding and development um, I'll continue in this field um, yeah like, like Rick just mentioned just recently got engaged um, which which is uh, amazing my partner um, is a counselor herself so she helps me more than she well, she probably knows but helps me more than I know um, which is amazing uh, and dogs are the are a man's best friend as they say we've got a couple of little little puppies and and they've been um, been incredible for for our mental health and and to de-stress um, but moving forward it will definitely be in the in the junior um, adolescent sort of young people helping them become their best selves because um, there's also a, a, a new program as well Rick that um, that I've luckily enough been engaged with called life changer uh, it's a not-for-profit as well uh, life changer game changer I know it's all all pretty complex but life changer founded by Trevor Hendy and, and Scott Waters uh, so doing some facilitation for them, uh, which is an amazing program. Look that up if you're if you're keen to to uh, to see what they're about. But they're effectively the holistic development and and discovering young people's hero because everyone's got one. Um, they've got four hero types. Whether you're a jester, a guardian, a warrior, or a mastermind, we're we're all we're all worthy and we've all got great traits. And it's all about believing in that um, instead of the negativity that that sometimes get thrown around about what we're not. Uh, we are all something. Um, so uh, that's that's um, I suppose the what Scott and Trevor have been able to develop, and along with uh, one of my good mates, Trent Dennis Lane, um, I've been able to get involved with that and and uh, see what what's really out there. And and there's a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff. Um, and then yeah, you, what you, what you start to do, you begin to attract, which is amazing. That's phenomenal. Um, so TDL is involved in that. Tell me about those four. Um, Oh, hero acronym. types, yeah, four hero types. Or yeah, how you describe that because that's this is. If you can take one thing out of this show, everyone has got something to give. So tell me yeah. these four. Absolutely, and um, yeah, hopefully Scotty and Trevor don't don't mind me talking about it. Um, but it's it's all. You can all, basically be. Yeah, no, nah, nah, it's all it's all good. It's going to help people, and I'm um, sure sure they'll be wrapped with that. Uh, so a jester, um, it, it's all sort of personality traits that people have. So. Um, jesters are typically your class clowns and the people who, who are a um, the life of the party and, and we've all maybe got a little bit of jester in us, but um, that's their predominant ones. Um, then, then there's obviously the the uh, limiting stuff that comes along with that, like you might get in trouble a bit more often, teachers might not like you because you take jokes a bit too far, that sort of stuff. Um, whereas a, a warrior is someone who's very goal-driven. A lot of sports people are warriors, uh, don't have to be sports people. Um, they're very driven. There's the, a negative associated with that. They can be a little bit narrow-focused at times and leave others behind. Um, guardians are, are really well, it's what, it's what um, I reckon Rick, without him him uh, saying what he is, he's probably a warrior and a guardian, but um, guardians are the people who, who look after others, um, sometimes lack a little bit of self-care because they're, they're focusing elsewhere. Um, and masterminds are pretty self-explanatory. They're, they're quite, um, quite smart. They're quite analytical analytical but they can sometimes um yeah not uh not uh overthink things sorry like i was almost like mastermind then trying to think too much but um yeah so it's all about um yeah a bit of balance and understanding who we are and and and, and why we do what we do and understanding we are we are all beneficial to and, and have a value to uh to others everybody has there's seven billion of us on the earth and i tell you what we're um we're not here by accident so we're, we've all got um, 
a purpose and the biggest thing is creating a purpose and even if it even if it could be the furthest thing from your mind today like you go to bed before you go to bed tonight you write down three things you want to do tomorrow I don't, get, I don't care if it's weed in the garden. I don't care what it is. It's a purpose. Hopefully, um, it involves other people, but if it doesn't, that's fine as well. A purpose is, is in our opinion, in my opinion, is uh, is so, so bloody important. Yeah. Anyone listening to this podcast, Psychosy, that is in that real midst of addiction, like is just the, just is real, let's just, we'll use, we'll use ice. Let's just use the, the yeah. big one at the moment. And it, it's, it's, um, it's different. It's different to a lot of drugs, mate. It's 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 it takes hold. So, unfortunately, in, in Australia, it's it's, um, it's big at the moment, and I know all around the world. And so, where can these individuals, apart from the obvious, where can they start to help themselves? Apart from obviously being going to rehab and that, but yeah, you know, from a mental and a day to day spot. I know this is a real heavy question, but yeah. you see it, you see it a lot. So, just give us the indication of where they can go. Yeah, it's. It's a tough one, mate. Each individual is different. Um, it, it, it's hard to answer that because what what ice does to the brain, um, I think more and more people are educated on it. It's, um, people don't think straight um, and it's not no uh, no sly on them. It's, it, it is just what it is. It's, uh, it can take anyone. Um, so a lot of the time um, if, if someone does have, a, have an ice addiction, Right now, they they might not be be um, thinking logically, um, so it does really take um, some real family um, support and and uh, almost at, at times against uh, the ice addicts um, to to just put it bluntly, um, better judgment. You've, you've got to uh, take it, make decisions for them um, for their best interests, but unfortunately. What, what we tend to see is that rock bottom is, is quite low um, and it's yeah, usually involves um, yeah, prison or or some sort of um, violence and, and, and then that starts to, to uh, trigger a, a bit of a response after that. But um, effectively, if, if you feel like you, you've got an addiction and the, the stats say that the second time you try ice, you're 85% likely to get addicted, it doesn't matter whether you're... Yeah, Benny Cousins, um, who is amazingly focused and and, and a warrior, um, but at times that that can be detrimental to, to people um, who who want to do things really well. So it's um, I suppose in a nutshell, hopefully um, you, you you do rely on your family and you've got great family support, um, but yeah, it it is a such an insidious drug. Um, there are success stories left, right, and centre now, which I'm wrapped with. Uh, it takes a lot of discipline, um, but um, effectively, yeah, you, if if you're hanging around people who who are sort of using it and, and you're getting into it, and you're you're contemplating it um, because of the euphoria um, that it does give, and, and that's why people try it. Um, it, it you never you're always chasing that high, um, and it it the side effects. Uh, astronomical in terms of health finance um family relationships it's uh definitely not worth it mate so well said and i know it's a hard subject and we haven't spoken about uh ice or crystal meth on this show ever um so and we've done 20 odd episodes so it's not it's not an easy thing to talk about but unfortunately it is the one 
drug that legit changes us. Obviously, heroin as well, but crystal meth with young people in young sporting clubs is is a big issue, and and we need to stop. And the thing about um, what Soxie was saying, all that stuff, it's the path of most resistance. Is you got to literally turn around and look smack bang in the fire and just walk straight into it because it's so easy to go down the other path, the easy path. But then what do we lose? We lose our family, we lose our friends, we lose any prospects and purpose we ever had. So um, we won't go much in there because I'm certainly not qualified to talk, but really, really good uh, advice from Brad there. And um, it could go for any addiction. Like I'm, not, I'm, using yeah. the, I'm using the most insidious, I agree, because um, I wanted to go there. But this could go for gambling, it could go for alcohol or, or, or party drugs or whatever. So please... Um, Please take heed and say, well, how can I change this? Today is the day that I uh, literally put my hand on the fire and I hold it there until it doesn't hurt anymore because it, it's it's just, it's got to be done. Um, you do what you've always done, you'll definitely get what you've always got. The future for you is amazing. You're changing lots of lives. Sporting future, buddy, give me a quick, it'll go a bit lighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a bit lighter than the last topic. Um, definitely... I'm, I'm looking to, to lose a bit of weight, so I've just started a bit of a challenge for myself and um, and going to play at Bonnie. So I just turned 29 and, and uh, still after that elusive uh, elusive premiership that uh, that we got smashed a couple of years ago by Franks and YC. And, um, yeah, that, that still still sits with me. And we've got a great list, a great coaching group. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're wrapped with, with how, how we're looking. But I, I need to, um, yeah, to put myself in... In a position to play regularly there, um, and, and not uh, yeah train Tuesday Thursday, which would be great. <laughs> Without pissing your pocket, like you're working with kids from seven years of age to obviously grown adults with addiction problems, so you, it is an all-encompassing job you do. So hopefully you can give yourself some more time with this new role, uh, game changer, and and um, and the like, and just put yourself first for at least a few hours a week, so you can get in the condition that you need to do because. Playing senior football, this competition, uh, listeners that aren't from local, is, is a very good football league. So, and Aussie rules, you've got to be in shape. You just can't get away with like some other sports just being powerful, just being fast. You've got to be very, very, very fit. So, he's, um, Sykes, he said the next couple of years he's going to play a bit of senior footy. We want him to bomb beach or a beautiful club. We want to see him win a flag. I think it's been a while between drinks. Yeah, I think 84. There you go. So, my home club, some of it was 86. So, it's a long time. Some of those old traditional clubs that have been around a long time since they've tasted success and a um, bunch of really good people. We're actually having our runners Christmas party at Bomb Beach Footy Club this year. So thanks to Lowy and the boys for that. We uh, we really appreciate it. We love that venue. Um, final couple of quick fire, mate. This is what we finish with and yep. just to lighten the mood a bit. Um, the ideal day in the day of Bradley Sykes. What's the ideal day entail? You can go as um, creative as you want, buddy. Okay, ideal day would be a bit of a sleep in, um, walking somewhere near the beach, walking with my partner, Taylor. Um, oh, this is a great question. This is something I need to put on my vision board, mate. Um, what else? Take your time. Work, work wise as well, I, I'd, obviously, purpose, as Rick said, is, is in. A part of who we are as people, and I, I couldn't just live on a on a deserted island. Um, I, I need to, uh, to engage myself with with other people. Um, so ideally, I love love working with that sort of eleven, twelve year old um, 
age bracket, I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of growth and development in that in that time where you're starting to model your behaviour on others and role modelling is is really important for them. So I'd love to to do some like in sports, just what I know, but but any any kind of connection piece that that those um, young boys and girls can can feel um, as a someone to aspire to be. Uh, that, working in that sort of grade five six area um, because that's that's real, real prevention for me so maybe one or two hours um, in the middle of the day um, having asking questions like this um, to, to people to really um, open up their mind um, as young people about what, what can occur in the future uh, and probably a nice nice cheese platter with a bit of wine um, probably 4 p.m. Uh, and then daylight savings would have to occur on my perfect day because recently it's just been amazing just being able to do stuff after work for, for a few hours. Um, but yeah, it's hard. I, I really would like to travel. Um, I'm doing Kokoda next year, which will give me a great insight into um, into Papua New Guinea. But um, I'd love love to just wake up in a, in a different country every day but still have that same um, connection with, with youth. Uh, very hard to do because I'm very community-orientated, but... Uh, I'd love love to go to new new countries around around the joint. Well, not new countries for me; they'd be new. But yeah, yeah great question, Rick. Great answer, mate. Um, <laughs> Christ, it was all a, over the shop. No, nah, not really. It wasn't I linear. Think, <laughs> I think we got a bit of an understanding of where the way why you are so genuine. Um, because yeah, look, it's um, it is the it's easy to say i'll just yeah do what makes me happy and whatever that may be but for the individual but you you still brought in the the, uh these kids you don't even know yet that you want to help and all this kind of stuff which is pretty amazing i love the prevention call uh, because you really are nipping it in the bud at the very source um at 10 11 12 years of age um look, look there's lots of companies that run and we ourselves down here we we like to think we leave we we educate the kids that come in here in junior athletic development, um, but we are, I guess our main prerogative is athletic movement and, and that kind of stuff. Whereas the thing about psyched for sport is you probably, you are building more of that all around community and attacking those yeah. those issues at the core, which is really powerful. I know you do skills and all that kind of stuff yeah. in development, which is which a lot of do, but I think psyched for sport, from what I've seen is what Brad spoke about the last hour, just in 10, 11 year olds and doing it from a way that it's fun. Um, you're not talking about, well, you're not having uncomfortable conversations no. per se, but you're, you're certainly empowering these young kids to when they go back to their school environment or their family environment that they they have, they have changed. Like even if they don't know it yet, they're, they're, they've got tools they didn't have before. That's the idea, yeah. We don't want to make it like school. It's just, um, yeah, life skills through sport, whether that's learning how to, how to win, how to lose sportsmanship, teamwork, how to bounce back from an umpire's decision that was obviously wrong, um, just all these sorts of things that, that uh, yeah, with society and, and everything being so instant, instantly gratifying um, with, you know, you remember dial-up internet and, and that sort of stuff that kids would have a meltdown these days. So it's just about... Uh, understanding perspective and how how to work with others is key because that's the way of, you know hu- humans need to work with each other and because um, we're heads are in our phones or iPads all the time we're not going to uh, connect as as well as what we should and 
So if, if for an hour a week or in our school holiday program, we can start to shift that mindset for these young people who who sometimes might not know any different. It's it's a, a positive in, in our eyes, so hence why we do it. Big positive, mate, because the, the kids are, are the future and we want to obviously get away a bit from this instant gratification and social network type of setup and um, and sport is obviously great, a great movement for that. And if you're not that way inclined, like you always say, and I, I certainly say it all the time, it, it's not always any kind of connection. I think I've said in previous episodes, like art, chess, whatever, like spelling, but whatever, just get around other people that are like-minded and, um, and try to make that connection that's going to last hopefully a lifetime. But, um, yeah, the Psych for Sport program, we'll put up all the show notes for all these things, obviously Game Changer and that in the show notes, listeners, and outside the locker room as well as all the other ones. But definitely Game Changer is, is real powerful. Um, that'll be live by the time this goes to air. And uh, this this stuff wasn't around when I was playing most of my footy, but uh, I, got, no, I can think of every single club and player I play with and we would have all benefited so, so uh Positively from this, mate. Um, I thank you so much for coming on today, Sykesy. Any no last worries, wo- mate. Any last words, buddy? No, no, just, uh, yeah, thanks for thinking of me, Rick, and, uh, yeah, really, um, yeah, touched with uh, some of the questions you asked and, and how you described me, mate. But um, I absolutely love working in the community and will continue to uh, to do as, as best as I can. And um, there's so many great people in my life um, who, who've been, you know, helped me get to where I am and um, yeah there's yeah, so many good people out there and uh, and uh, thank you very much from from the bottom of my heart for me to be able to be in the position I'm in beautiful words buddy um, we'll get Sykesy back on hopefully before Christmas we'll do a bit of a round table of um, the above the shoulders guests um, if all times do suit in and we'll just all just shoot the breeze for half an hour not not quite as in depth this just talking about society as a whole really um i think it'd be a good experience if there's seven or eight of us in a room um that have all been on the show um so everyone will know them already and we'll just talk and just just talk whatever the topics are currently but um look if, if you are if this episode has um stirred anything up please please reach out to someone lifeline beyond blue and uh it's okay to not be okay in the in our show notes there but um if you are a, a sporting club or any kind of community club or anything that are interested in what Sykes he does, Sykes for Sport and Game Changer. Look those up in the show notes or online, but Tommy Senior put those up on the show notes. As always, hopefully this, this podcast is one thing you'll do today, but read, move, lift, do something today that's going to make you much, much better tomorrow. That's it for this week. Thank you to host Rick Mirabella and Runners.com for this week's episode. A reminder that support is available from the links in the show's description. Due to technical issues, our episode featuring Glenn Mickey is still in the editing room, but we hope to be able to bring you that in the near future. Until then, thanks for listening.